everybody. My name is Axel Villamil. We're here on 24 Shades of Blue with the amazing Kimberly O'Toole. She's going to put you to school. She's the unit commander, superintendent of the Toronto Police College. Welcome. Thank you. Amazing to have you here. Thank we're, you so we're much. We're excited for this one because well, we're going to see how, you know, uh, all the training involved. We're going to learn about that and um, everything that you do to help prepare the officers, you know, to get out there. So let's go right off the bat. What is the difference between Toronto Police College and Ontario Police College? So really good question. The Ontario Police College is a facility in Elmer, Ontario, where all potential police constables have to attend for training. And I say potential because you have to uh, pass the curriculum. There's a 75% uh, pass rate standard. So if you wanted to apply to be a police officer anywhere in Ontario, you would be required to complete a basic constable training certificate from the Ontario Police College, which then would allow you to become a police officer in the province of Ontario. Mm. So we at the Toronto Police Service, we have our recruits uh, attend our college for three weeks in preparation of the Ontario Police College. They go to the Ontario Police College for 12 weeks and then they return to us where we train them for an additional nine weeks. You're like prep school and Harvard all at the same time, <laughs> essentially. That's what it sounds like. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Is there a prestige when, you know, people say, no, I went to Toronto Police College? Um, I'm Well, I mean, I'm a little bit biased. I think there's <laughs> prestige course, with our service uh, at all levels. So um, probably not a good question to ask me because I'm going to say yes every time, but... Um, yes, we often have, uh, because of the size of our service, we often have really large classes attend the Ontario Police College. So at some points, depending on how many recruits we have there, it could seem like, you know, we're taking over there because they have over 400 recruits there at a time. I think the last intake was about 480, 480. And um, at times we have, you know, well over 100 Toronto police officers uh, that are being trained there. So you walk down the hall and you see Toronto everywhere. Oh, I, I can only imagine. So yeah. when, you know, if I am this aspiring officer to get into yeah. Toronto Police College, the Harvard, um, what is that application process like? So it's actually quite a, a long process. We work very closely with our partners at Talent Acquisition. Uh, Superintendent Lisa Crooker, who is um, in charge of that unit now, has an amazing working relationship with us at the college. And um, they take you through um, a fitness test. Then you do an application. Then you do uh, a series of um, testing to determine suitability. Uh, and then when you get to the background phase, if you pass the testing, you get to the background phase. They do a very thorough background check on you, your your associates, including your family, you know, where you've gone to school. They talk to your friends. Um, once you pass the background, then they provide you with a conditional offer of employment. And uh, that's when you come to us at the college. Wow. So we work with the co with uh, talent acquisition and um, with Superintendent Crooker and her team to make sure that everyone that is in the application process is physically fit. Mm -hmm. There's a standard at the Ontario Police College that you must meet. And we had found in the past that when our talent acquisition was actually hiring, um, we weren't testing at the outset. So then people would come to us, they would be at that standard um, and they'd go to the Toronto, the Ontario Police College rather, um, and some would have difficulty in passing. So mm. uh, some of the things that have changed since Lisa took over that unit is that we've instituted 
physical fitness testing at the outset before they even look at your application. Wow. You have to pass the physical. You have to meet that standard. Uh, and then they'll start with your application process because we have thousands and thousands of applications for sometimes, you know, 200 spots a year. So, so is it a mass like fitness test that you do? So it's, it's a shuttle run. Okay. Um, it's otherwise known as the beep test yeah, and uh, anyone in police and security or <laughs> um, wanting to become a police officer will know immediately when you say the beep test, they'll cringe and they'll say, oh, yeah, the beep test. You have to get to a level seven, which is your VO2 max and it um, is required for the physical fitness testing that you do at the Ontario Police College. You have to do the shuttle run and then you have to do the prep test which is an obstacle course which simulates um a foot chase okay. so if you had to chase someone mm -hmm. if you had to hop over a wall if you had to go up and down stairs and then if you had to handcuff someone and you have to do the prep test in two minutes and 37 seconds or under wow in addition to the shuttle run so you have to be tremendously fit that's a requirement of the ontario police college mm -hmm. to get your basic constable training certificate you have to pass the physical i mean i've seen so, the officers that are here super fit super fit super I'm fit. like what are we running the like olympics like yeah, super going <laughs> yeah super fit so we want to set our our applicants up for success and the best way to do that is have that physical test at the outset to make sure they're right where they need to be before they start the long application process. It's a lot of time, money and effort for our talent acquisition uh, team to engage with an applicant. So we want to make sure everyone's ready. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So what what is the difference in curriculum? I guess what you're learning with the Toronto Police College, I guess, from before and then after you come back versus what just the Ontario Police College gives you? So what we do for our recruits in the first three weeks that they come to our college is we sort them out uniform-wise. We make sure they have everything. Mm -hmm. They um, build their belt. We have a class where they put all of their use of force options on their belt. They learn how um, where everything goes so that if they have to replace it and or... Um, get a new belt. They know exactly where it goes. We spend a lot of time familiarizing them with the Ontario Police College itself, mm -hmm. what the curriculum um, will be like, how it's taught. Some people coming to the Toronto Police Service, it's their second career. Some people come very late in life. We've had 50-year-olds wow. uh, join the Toronto Police mm. Service in the past. So for them, um, for some, it's a long time since you've been in school, right? So what we do is um, we teach a master class how to be a student. So we have oh, that's cool. one of our um, training constables. His name is Lionel. He has a master's in education and he saw the need for people that hadn't been in school in a long time. It's very intense training. Twelve weeks. It is from the time you get up in the morning to very late in the evening. You are either doing training and or studying. And um, to make sure that our people were set up for success, mm -hmm. um, he created this class. So it teaches you what is it like to be a student again? And how do you, how do you study 
Um, but more particularly, how do you study in that intense environment when you are doing police vehicle operation training, you are doing firearms related training, you're doing officer safety related training, you're doing defensive tactics training, plus all of the academic training. You're learning about the Highway Traffic Act, you're learning about provincial offenses, you're learning about the criminal code and your authorities and powers of arrest. And then you're doing scenarios with all of that combined to put all of your um, your skills to test to make sure that you're understanding and you're learning and developing. So um, we found really, really good success with Lionel running this masterclass. Um, that section is our community policing section. It's run by Staff Sergeant Janine Crowley, who does an amazing job with her team. And quite sadly for us as an, and as an organization, she is retiring on July 1st. So she will take almost 33 years of policing experience. Oh, she's did her with job. Her. Yeah, she I mean, she's so amazing, so amazing. And her section works so hard to make sure that um, our recruits are successful, really invested in getting them up to speed to where they need to be to be able to study. We have three seconded officers that work at the Ontario Police College. They're Toronto police officers. But they are there as long as we are running intakes, they're working there and they act as our liaisons to our recruits. So if anyone is having trouble with um, a, an actual skill or studying one of their um, major subjects, um, they're there to to help our recruits as well. So it can be a bit of a um, adjustment period. I bet. It yeah. is uh, full speed ahead the whole time you're there. I mean, that's what it's, it literally sounds like <laughs> physical law school. That's what it sounds like. You're just like, but like times 12, because there's learning so many different things, having to apply them, uh, how to defend yourself, everything on top of that as well. There's like so many layers, it sounds like. And, and I feel like that's so taxing on the mind, especially if you're coming late uh, in your life uh, and not being in school for like 30 years. So yeah, it's also can be really difficult, especially now during COVID and during these times of um, extreme stress that, you know, people are worried about their families. They're mm -hmm. worried about, um, you know, how are they going to manage at the Ontario Police College, which is two and a half hours away from oh. here. Where is it? In Elmer. In Elmer, okay. It is in the middle of um, a, what seems like farmer's fields. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it can be very stressful and we ask a lot of our recruits, which is why we hire the best and the brightest, because we know what's going to be required of them immediately from the start. The dedication to, right, to your craft in this, it's very important. It's, it is a dedication. It's, um, investment in yourself mm -hmm. to make sure that you meet the standard. Our recruits actually pay for their time at the Ontario Police College. Wow. So it's um, a lot of money. It's you know, $14,500 for 12 weeks. Gives you room um, and board. All of your meals are there on site. Um, so it's a big investment, not only in money, but in time and commitment. Of course. So you, I mean, doing that can clearly show that you want to do this, right? It's not just like, I'm going to apply and waste, you know, funding's time and I'm sorry, the, the funding and the time of yourself, like that process is, I think, very needed because it shows like you have to be ready. You have to be ready. Yeah. You have to be ready and you have to be all in both feet in, um, because if you're not, uh, it can be a difficult process. 
Now, now are the recruits supposed to have some sort of education? You know, is there a level of education they need before they apply? So our standard is grade 12, okay. minimum grade 12 education. But as you can imagine, with thousands of applicants, it's a very competitive process. We are hiring people with PhDs. We are hiring people with master's degrees. With um, Which you have many of. Uh, my, myself? A couple. No big deal, guys. A couple. Uh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the competition is really stiff. So I would say to anyone out there listening that wants to become a Toronto police officer, um, if you have high school education, uh, you need to really build your resume up in other areas. So your volunteer work needs to be really strong. Your connection to your community needs to be really strong. You need to be able to compete with everyone else. And by no means do I discourage anyone that has, you know, our minimum requirement. That's what it's there for. It's um, if you have that, please apply, yeah. but be ready for the competition. It sounds like... I'm applying to university. Just I'm like thinking back to when I applied. I was like, wow, I needed the volunteer hours to stand out in the application process. Right. I didn't especially, you know, in your case, if I don't have um, post-secondary education or from another um, source of curriculum to stand out, it, it wouldn't make sense. So you need those extra things on the resume to really pop and also keep up with it sounds like a demanding amount of <laughs> curriculum. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot. Once you get back into the swing of it, and, and you understand how the material is delivered and after the midterms at the Ontario Police College, how you're going to be tested. Um, I think the second part of your training is a bit more manageable in mm -hmm. terms of understanding the expectations. Absolutely. So, well, I mean, so in terms of the training, I know we, we're talking a lot about theory and knowledge. What about hands-on? How does that work? Is there a lot of more hands-on? Uh, is it just learned in the field? How does that work? I would say their training is probably maybe 50-50. Okay. Um, the applied skills you have to learn. You have to learn how to drive. You have to learn how to drive a police vehicle, which is not just driving a regular yeah. car. You have your computer. You have uh, your in-car camera system. You have your partner sitting beside you. You're listening to the radio. Uh, you're watching what's in front of you. Um, you're situationally aware. Uh, it's a lot happening at one time. And the training that you do at the Ontario Police College, actually, it's quite, it's very interesting. Um, they, they do a skill where they put it almost looks like a walk on the on the hood of the car and they put a tennis ball in it. Oh, so cool. And so you have to drive and then stop without the tennis ball coming out of the walk on the car. So they teach you to drive in a very controlled huh. manner, safe, controlled, but getting to where you need to get to. So um, that's like putting books and walking it, and like, yeah. People think it's easy. It's no, not easy. It looks, no, it's that not easy. That sounds very difficult. Because no. it's funny because I'm thinking from the outside in as like, you know, just a, a civilian. And I'm going, you know, is it like a car chase situation where they have this crazy defensive driving? But I'm sure there's that to an extent. We do have that. But you brought in the, the finesse that you need at the same time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the crazy driving. What do you yeah. have to do? <laughs> well, we discourage that. Um, we want to follow all the rules of the road. 
uh, under the Highway Traffic Act. We want to stop at all the red lights Absolutely. and uh, we want to be safe. But we have um, in Toronto at our police vehicle operations training site, we have a driving simulator mm-hmm. where uh, each of our recruits is required to pass a suspect apprehension portion of their driving. And uh, you are literally, it's almost like a video game. You're sitting in a chair and there is a big screen in front of you and you are driving on that screen and you have to drive defensively. Um, you have to understand when, uh, what you're doing and when you're doing it. So if you're engaging in a pursuit, mm-hmm. uh, there's very specific criteria as to when and how you can do that and when you should not do that. So we require our recruits to understand how quickly that can change and how, um, other factors around them will affect their ability to actually engage in a pursuit. So, um, it doesn't happen as much as you think. It's not like TV. Everyone comes to the college and they think it's like TV. It's not like TV at all. The media ruins us. Come I know. On. This right? is why that, we're having this podcast. Right? That's like when I, you don't ruin us. Not at all. But um, when I worked at Homicide, I was a detective yeah. at Homicide and everyone always used to say, oh, it's like law and order. No, we don't get DNA samples or in 30 seconds and we can't like pull your driver's license photo up from... You're telling me you can't just commandeer a car no. and then drive? <laughs> no, I'm probably ruining it for a lot of people. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's the reality that yeah. we need to know. That Actually, that is a phenomenon. Um, and uh, some in some cases in court, it's been an issue because members of the jury think it should be like it's on TV. Yeah. But that's another discussion for another of, day. Of course. Well, like let's let's go back to like the reality of it all. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of moving parts to the college. Um, so as things happen in the world and, and, you know, the circumstances and, and, um, I guess the environment changes, how does the college, uh, I guess, react and dynamically towards those situations Is there new curriculum, you know, put in every year? Is it like every couple of years? How does that work? So we review our curriculum every year and I have been at the college now coming up, uh, three years and this year we are doing something very special in terms of our curriculum. Last August, there were 81 recommendations for police reform that were released. And recommendation 52 to 58 applies specifically to us at the college. And so we're taking the opportunity to engage those partners that we don't normally engage with. We have partnerships already established that we engage regularly. Um, But we are participating in a community engagement strategy where we advertise on social media to um, members of the community who want to participate on panels who can actually assist us in implementing these uh, recommendations, providing feedback and perspective. Lived experience is really important. And one of those recommendations specifically relates to training. So we are putting together a panel of people who have submitted applications and they will be working with us at the college to make sure that our training is reflective of the community. It's really, really important that what we're teaching our officers, um, because we don't just teach the recruits, we are the the place where all Toronto Police Service members come for training at some point throughout the year. So we have investigative courses, we have applied courses, uh, and then of course we, we teach our recruits. So um, it's important to reflect what's happening in our community and... Um, 
So we're really, really excited about this community engagement strategy. Actually, um, Heather Nichols, who is the inspector at the college, second in charge, they're having a meeting today. I'm actually on holidays this week. Oh, well, uh, thank So I'm you. not at work for this meeting, but um, they are having a meeting this week, uh, today rather, um, to get sorted out for our kickoff with the community. So uh, tremendously excited. We had um, amazing applicants um, that want to come forward and really have a say in what happens in their training. And so when we look at our curriculum, uh, we have our academic courses and then we have our applied skills courses. We have um, our certification program that happens every year where every member of the service has to be recertified to the provincial standard for their use of force options. Uh, So we take that opportunity to add to that training and our first day of training, every sworn member, every member uh, that is um, carries a a firearm, carries use of force options is um, trained. Mm -hmm. And we do uh, anti-black racism training. We do a wellness module. We do a leadership module. We do um, uh, 15 minute quick uh, plays on um, updates in case law and recent court rulings, things that our our members need to know and be aware of. Um, So we take that opportunity in our in-service training program to deliver that. That's huge. How how do you feel about this personally in terms of like the progress you see and as well as what do you think this is the uh, means for the future for the college? Yeah, I think it's really tremendous. You know, the my team that work at the college they're so passionate about what they do um, and why they do it. It's really, really important that we deliver the best product to the field um, because we want to make sure that our members, frontline members and others across the field have all of the tools necessary that they need to do their job to the best that they can do it. So it's really, um, it's exciting for us to engage the public this way. We've never done it before. Um, and we're hoping to be able to continue it after we satisfy this recommendation and that that will become then a yearly, um, uh, experience with members of the community and and hopefully you know we'll have different people that will be interested in in coming and contributing um, we work a lot right now in terms of developing our de-escalation training with um, our mental health and addiction panel I sit on the mental health and addiction panel it's a Toronto Police Services Board uh, chaired panel and uh, Jennifer Chambers and Stephen Lurie are the co-chairs of that panel and the time that I spend on that panel is really valuable to me because I can bring back to our college what's current uh, and what's being discussed and that panel is made up of um, um, service providers, persons with lived experience uh, and people who work um, front lines in the field in terms of uh, mental health and addictions. So really tremendous progress that we've made in the last two years with that panel. And this community engagement strategy is really just, you know, taking that and, and building on it. It's exciting. It's just different mm-hmm. avenues of knowledge being yeah. put of what we normatively see as like, oh, this is theory. This is what you have to do for the field. But there's so much more that you know, and you're admitting, you know, that you don't even know that the college is bringing in more knowledge to learn and be better. And it's funny you said as a product and I laugh because like, I know they're humans, but like your job is to make the best of the best. Yes. And I think that's, um, very, I admire that a lot because you're really putting your care. And, um, I did a, a talk at my old high school 
And I told to the teachers when we were on the Zoom like talk, I was like, if it wasn't for you, I don't think we'd all be where we are right now. And it's so important what you do. And I think as much as it's an application for a very difficult job, you are changing lives. So like that's that's yeah. super huge. And as, speaking about the amazing things that you do, president of Ontario Women in Law Enforcement. Can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So let's talk about, you know, the recruits that are coming out. You know, what's the, what's the split between men and women? So last summer we had our first ever uh, 50-50 parity class, um, men and women. Amazing. Um, our talent acquisition unit uh, is striving for um, classes to be reflective of the communities that we serve. So that includes racialized individuals, men, women, um, people who speak uh, different languages, people who come from different careers in the you know, prior to coming to policing so they can bring those skills with them. It's really important that we're reflective of the communities that we serve because at the end of it and at, at my core is service, service to the community. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that uh, in my role as a police officer, I am compassionate and empathetic and understanding of the people that we are serving in this city. And that's really how we frame at the college our recruit experience. From the minute they step in the doors of our college, um, that is our message to them. No, that's that's amazing. And I mean, you yourself sounds like you, obviously you're managing a lot of people and you're doing a lot of things for yourself, hands on. You know, can you explain how your personal mentorship with the recruits is and, and that experience is like? I mentor um, some people prior to them even applying. Wow. Um, through my role, Ontario Women Law Enforcement, um, or through contacts I have, um, people will call me and say, hey, Kim, can you, you know, this person's looking at a career, a career in policing, you know, can you sit down with them, let them know, you know, what your career has been like, you know, what they can expect, how can you help prep them? So I'm able to do that on occasion to some individuals before they even apply, which I find, you know, such an honor to be able to help someone through that process. Um, and then for them to actually be hired. I, uh, like I teach talking to the Dean. No. I, actually, I was just going to say, I teach part-time at the university of Guelph Humber and I have taught there for 13 years. So, uh, in the last three years, since I have been at the college, the number of my students, who I actually taught that ended up in classes of recruits is um, probably around six, I think, which is amazing to see them walking in the halls of the college in their uniform when, you know, two years ago they were in my class at Guelph Humber. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, it's so good. I'm so happy and so proud uh, for the accomplishments that they have made. We really... Um, we really try to make it um, a very open and inviting environment for our recruits to be able to get to know their instructors and to be able to ask the questions that, you know, they've been wanting to ask for a long, long time. Um, we make it so that it is a safe environment where they are able to grow and develop and the mentorship is um, so, so important. You know, when we now during COVID, um, we don't have graduation ceremonies because we can't. Of course. So um, I literally hand them their badge 
uh, and say, you know, good luck. Don't be a stranger. Make sure you come back and visit. And, you know, three weeks later, I see one of them in the cafeteria <laughs> or at the college because they're on a course six months later and they come and they see myself. They see uh, Heather, the inspector. They mm -hmm. see Janine, Staff Sergeant Crowley. They just she impacts their lives in ways that is like truly, literally life changing. And they're so indebted to her. Um, the cards with thanks that she gets from the recruit classes, really tremendous. So um, we as a collective have the opportunity to mentor and um, really impact these recruits in their training to prepare them to go into the field and have an amazing career and serve their community, um, you know, in a way that many of them have dreamt of. This is yeah. a dream, dream for job them. for so many. Um, so it's, it's really an honor. It's really, really, um, I'm finding it difficult to, to find the words. And if anyone's watching this, that knows me, they're probably thinking that's not true because <laughs> <laughs> I have all the words all the time. Um, but it's good because it brings out an emotion. Like it's something yeah. tr it shows everybody here that you care about your job. You are yeah. passionate about what you do. And I think that's what I think the public needs to know is that it's not just black and white. It's something that you no. care about. And these are people achieving a dream, achieving, you know, a goal. And um, it, it's huge in what you do. So yeah. in terms of, I guess, closing points, what is, um, does a Toronto Police College work with any organizations that we can shout out or talk about? The Toronto Police College works with... Uh, so many partners. Um, we work very closely with the city of Toronto, um, the, the Caber unit there. Um, we work with Matt Dewar. Um, they provide community um, connections to us. We have a list of 32 community agencies that, that we work with regularly. It really takes a village uh, and, and we bring the people uh, together to be able to put together this amazing training for, for our recruits. Um, so we're extremely grateful for our partners and uh, they really, truly value their input and their contribution to the development of our curriculum. Um, so, you know, we certainly couldn't do it by ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there any last words you want to say um, to anybody, to the recruits, anybody you'd like? Yeah. So we have uh, June 4th. We have a class um, graduating. They will be deployed to the field um, and leaving the college. And that will be uh, Janine, Staff Sergeant Crowley's last class as the staff sergeant in charge of recruits. So um, it's going to be really a, um, a touching moment for her. Um, I wish, you know, all of our recruits the very best of luck. They go on and they do amazing things. Um, we had a week after one recruit graduated, delivered a baby. Um, a week after another recruit graduated, did CPR and saved a life. Really tremendous, amazing things. And so, you know, I'm happy to be a part of that with my team um, at the forefront. Amazing. Well, thanks for changing, changing lives every day. Guys, everybody, that was Kimberly. Uh, I'm Axel. And that's 24 Shades of Blue. We're out.